What's up, everybody? We are back. Welcome to Brought to you by CinematicReal.com. I'm your host, David. I am joined with today, Mr. Jack Renault. How are you? Good, sir. Happy Super Bowl Sunday. Happy Super Bowl Sunday to you. Uh, I'm glad to be here uh, and uh, revisit this movie that one of three to do what is somewhat unthinkable, but whether or not it deserves it, we'll certainly dive into. And I'm excited to talk about this movie. And Mr. Hunter Friesen, who is probably happy that it's not the Lions in the Super Bowl today. That is true. I would not be rooting for them if they weren't. But on a day, we're going to crown a Super Bowl champion, and we're very close to crowning a Best Picture winner. It's happy to be revisiting one of the most successful Best Picture winners yes, so in history. Today, we are covering the 90th anniversary of one of my favorite Best Picture winners and the first Best Picture winner to, to win the Big Five. It happened one night. Uh, probably my first one or two favorite rom-com of all time too so it's going to be a fun discussion to have uh before we get into that let's get into some of the news of the week only have three little things i want to talk about the first thing is it's only an image but did you not get hyped when you saw the first image or first whatever the fuck that was a megalopolis <laughs> a ai generated title <laughs> yeah, I, I i guess i actually i'm just it. happy it fucking exists at this point um <laughs> i think it's going to can hunter do what do you think oh he He's a can boy through and through. He's he's won the Palm Door and whatnot. They'll take him back, open arms, and I put in my application for Canada last week. So I'm like, that's the top of the top. I'm like, I want to see that movie. But if it goes there, it's gonna win. just because I have no idea what the hell it's gonna be. It could be terrible. It could be a masterpiece. It, it could be both. It's uh, it's gonna win the Palm Watch. So I'd be happy. Good for Coppola. He should he should be back on top. Coppola, it's, I think Coppola for me hasn't made a good movie since uh, the Rainmaker. Rainmaker. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. That was 1997, so it's yeah. been a, it's been a long time. But uh, yeah, I, I I'm hoping it does go to Cannes and we get first uh, some first word from you on it. Uh, other news uh, for the first time since the animated feature category, the Oscars are opening up the books, as they say in the mafia, and. Uh, Adding a new category, best casting category. No word as to how, what that details or entails. Um, I'm just happy they're opening up the books, and that may lead to some more. Ca- I just want stunt ensemble, and then you know we'll call yeah, it. We'll call yeah. it a day. That's kind of all the rest that I want. And I know a lot of people are voicing for voiceover performance, but uh, as long as we get this casting and. Um, Stun, I'll be happy with those additions if we get there. But uh, Jack, thoughts on the news? Yeah, uh, I think, I think, like you said, I think it's good. We haven't gotten a new category since <clears throat> 2001. And in fact, we've lost categories since with the consolidation of the sound categories into one. But, you know, it makes our job more fun to oversee and predict stuff. And I, I think, did they announce that it will be awarded to the cast, the casting director and not like the kind of overall ensemble like how would uh, be with sag or just just well, the with the term director. casting just... i assume it would be casting director yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. uh but yeah no and like what that how that kind of factors into like you know if that seems like something that maybe could go into you know 
they need to get a casting nomination to be in for like best pictures. So it gives us more metrics into the future. So it'll be interesting to see. For sure. Uh, Hunter, thoughts? Yeah. I mean, nice to see new categories getting in. I'm always, obviously, they just made the announcement. We'll have, you know, years, a couple of years mm-hmm. until they actually release the specifics. And then more years till we learn what's the branch tendencies are, you know. This is actually the smallest branch. It only has 160 members, so it's really you know a consolidated group. So yeah, I'm just, just curious if if like the Grand Budapest Hotel won for best cast. Man. Did the casting director do a lot to get some of those actors? Yeah, in? that is true. That did is you true. You have to convince Wes Anderson to get Owen Wilson in this movie. Did you really have to? <laughs> what? So I guess just for shits and gigs, if we're nominating five this year, it's Oppenheimer, Barbie. I'm not doing killers, the color purple. Probably. I think killers. killers, poor things, maybe. Um, I said poor things, and I, 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 I was like American fiction, maybe it would be like, I would say quote unquote surprise. I was say, American fiction, maybe the holdovers, especially yeah, holdovers. With, like, yeah. with a fine like Dominic Sessa or something. Yeah, like that. I mean, in ten years we might just find out this is just best ensemble. Really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm curious said, of the rules when they announced them. Yeah. I said in our group chat, Oppenheimer, worst time to ever release. Right. Op- Nominationally, are too late for the sound categories, too early for the casting category. <laughs> Killed by the visual effects <laughs> branch. Just everyone ganged up on that movie somehow. Well, it wild because yeah, it would have ended thir- up thirteen nomination movies. Sixteen nominations if everything went into that. <laughs> if the two yeah, sounds existed, right. yeah crazy um but yeah moving on to some awards from last night so adg announced their production design winners and oppenheimer took home uh i get what was historical or something along those lines and then the big one was poor things versus barbie and poor things did beat barbie so not sure what's gonna happen but that's a good sign for poor things to take home the oscar and then dga was last night and um to the shock of absolutely no one on planet Earth, uh, Christopher Nolan is going to win an Oscar in about a month, and it's going to be glorious. Mm-hmm. It's it's. I'm kind of loving this version of Nolan. He's just like embraced the whole season, kind of mm-hmm. like he knows the, the whole thing with Colbert this week was pretty hilarious. I don't know if you guys yeah. if you guys saw it. Mm-hmm. I'm just glad it's not like it's something everybody can agree on. Like even people mm-hmm. who are like not cinephiles and like just watch the dark knight they can agree that this he deserves it for this it's not some like you know quote, boring world war ii yeah. oscar bait that he's winning for you know everybody's happy that he's winning and, and he should and and, uh, and even better is that it's like not as much a career thing on top of it being like a yeah. truly warranted and like good thing as opposed to you know some of the career acting winners who've been like you know got a few gr- much better performances, but still glad they got that Oscar recognition. Yeah. So glad I think it's both. a lot like Schindler's List and like Spielberg. Yeah, that's a good comparison. It's, it's like yeah. his fifth nomination or fourth. You know, his fourth time that you're like, oh, he probably should have. But like, this is the one you really should win for. Like, yeah. this is it. Has this become? I don't know. I've, I don't know if you guys agree. I've, I've kind of on my side of things. I feel like this has become one of the most predictable. Yeah. No. Well, Os- for the top. For two, the top definitely. two. Like there's, I don't even think, because everything ever all at once. I don't think people were comfortable really going all in until they won PGA. Once they won PGA, everyone went all in. Yeah. I feel like everyone yeah. is set on Oppenheimer and and the Nolan picture director one, which is great. It's my favorite movie of the year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, mm-hmm. and that's all the news for the week. Uh, let's get into some of the stuff we watch, Mister Renault. What do you got? 
All right. Uh, well, as I sent you, Dave, uh, I rewatched Titanic on mm-hmm. glorious 4K Ultra HD. Ooh. Man, what a movie! Uh, it's I, I've said I said it in my Letterbox review like a year ago. It's one of those that like I will always just like I'll dog on it from time to time just because like there's stuff in that movie that I will like make fun of. But every time I watch it, uh, I find myself just like floored by the end of it and i'm always like yeah what a picture deserved all 11 of its wins uh then i watched for the first time another best picture winner uh that being gentleman's agreement nice uh pretty good uh it's the kind of it's kind of on the same it reminds me of how like it's the kind of thing where people will say like oh the movie like is moderately like surface level with its themes uh so i could see like people thinking it hasn't aged super well but at the same time you know it was 49 and there weren't they really weren't making like message movies as like significant as that at the time and it was a pretty important message so overall pretty good winner and one of those that i don't think there was nothing that comes to mind that screams like put me in instead um and then I rewatched Horse Feathers and Man Dave. You gotta watch the Marx Brothers play football. Like the, the, the NFL implications of them being in the league. Like, yeah, the Harpo, Groucho, and Fantasy would be. One quarterback, one receiver. So you got the the combo. Yeah, all, all I'll say is that Harpo managed to score four touchdowns on one drive at one point. So <laughs> Im- ima- imagine the toxicity in those group chats. Uh, and finally, man, I've heard about this movie for quite some time. It was even mentioned in How I Met Your Mother, Dave, but i never seen Monos, The Hands of Fate. It's widely considered one of the worst movies ever Ew. made. Oh, no. And man, it's up there. Uh, just so you know, Dave, uh, we've talked about like you know Star Wars and how that was saved in the editing. This movie is actually maybe the opposite of that, and that I think this movie was killed. This was probably killed in the editing. They forgot to put the opening credits in this movie. So the first five minutes of this movie at no. At least 85% of it is just shots out of car windows at nature just driving by where there should have been credits. Did Terrence Terrence Malick direct this? Hey, it would have been great. It would have been a masterpiece. Just shows you, you can make a nature documentary great or terrible. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I just did a bunch of reading into that. Apparently one of the actors was like dropping lsd during a lot of his scenes and so he's like super like twitchy throughout uh and a lot of actors like missing their cues and like somebody even looked at the camera and delivered their lines at like several points so it 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 it, it was also it was really entertaining bad but there were moments where it was just like bad bad and i was like man this is it's not like the room where it's just like pure enjoyment and like full-on insanity there were moments where it was just like uh man (laughs) have you seen um the tagline for this movie for monos yeah i i don't think i saw the tagline what was it it's shocking it's beyond your imagination yeah well it was beyond my imagination (laughs) and shocking but i don't think for the ways that they wanted Uh, yeah i I, when when i first started to say one of my old writers wrote a piece on this movie 
And uh, have you seen it? I you? because of that piece, I saw yeah. it. Um, hey, there's a sequel. Oh wait, no, never mind. This is a 2018 sequel. Who gives a shit? No, then? I was gonna say, oh, it was. Yeah, none of the because it was like 66 or something like that. So like, I yeah. can't imagine any of the actors are in it. I'm holding. Oh, I'm this. holding a solid half a star on this movie. So if that. Yeah, that's a, that's about where I'm gonna fall, uh, and I'm gonna. I'm absolutely going to be sending like clips of this to my friends and being like, yeah, so this is what we're going to watch next time I see. <laughs> I mean, it's only 70 minutes, so it's not like you're losing, yeah, you're, yeah, it could you're, be worse. You're not losing out too much time. No one said it didn't fly by. Uh, but yeah, that's what I've been watching. What about you, Hunter? Anything? Well, any, any, what about anything? That implies that there's weeks where I don't watch anything. That is true. <laughs> that is not true. That it will never happen, I don't think. Um, so, all right, last Sunday was the maybe most contrasting double feature I've had in a long time. So the first movie was called Workmeister Harmonies, which is the most stereotypical (laughs) Eastern European movie you could ever think of. It's extremely slow, extremely depressing, in black and white, and it's all an allegory for communism, basically. And it's a film that I fell asleep to for a few minutes, then I didn't like it. And then I liked it, and now I really like it. So it's you know one of those oh, movies where you don't all know the emotions. Watch. It was everything. Where I didn't even feel like I was disrespecting the movie for nodding off for a few minutes because it was just one shot of them walking, and it goes on for five fucking minutes. Oh so it's like God. all right, <laughs> it's oh I, and it's only two and a half hours long. But this director is the one who made that seven hour movie I recommend. Oh, Tyler's. War and Peace. <laughs> Wait, was was it War? It's it's called Satan's Tango. <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. You made the seven-hour version, so this version times three, uh, what I just watched. So good luck to Tyler. Have fun. (laughs) But I will say it now. If he's listening to this episode, this is the only time I'll ever say it. I will give him an out if he asks for it, and I'll give him an alternate one. (laughs) So if he ever listens to the episode, he knows he has one. But if he doesn't, he'll never know, and he'll have to watch the movie. Uh, If he chooses to watch that in a Serbian film back-to-back, then. God bless our boy Tyler. <laughs> I mean, at least mine is regarded as a great movie. Just I don't know who the hell is gonna want to watch. I I was like I like this movie, but I will not watch it. <laughs> not for a while. So then we lighten things up, I guess, in terms of fun with Blowout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do like De Palma's gumption to just be Hitchcock, but like let's just fucking crank it up a notch <laughs> and go crazy. I. John Lithgow playing the biggest mm-hmm. creep I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> yeah. He's like, my plan is to kill women to make it a sex-related crime spree. I was like, Jesus Christ, dude. This is... There's a lot of people laughing at the last 20 minutes in a good way because it was so enjoyable. Because that those last 20 minutes, once the fireworks start, yeah. In... Mm-hmm. Or once he starts driving the car into the parade, I was like, this is nuts. How did you like the pretty... book? How did you like the bookend with the sound at the beginning and end? I, yeah, the beginning and then the the end. I, everyone was laughing so hard at the end because it's it's so. I'm not gonna say not disrespectful because they are honoring her, I guess, but it's it's so like. Just crazy. I kind of, I did like it that the movie went that far. So, anything else? Uh, I watched Midnight Cowboy, which I don't know how the hell anyone lives in New York because that movie. Fucking, <laughs> that, that was a good that movie. movie I like that. That's all I could. That movie makes New York like all a couple of movies look like a absolute cesspool. You're not. You're it's you're not half wrong there. Hey, yes so. 
And I, I noticed I look, the Academy couldn't decide in the 60s and 70s if they're old school or new school. Because they're like, we're going to do In the Heat of the Night, new school. Oh, but then we're going to do Oliver. Yeah. Oh, but then we're going to do Midnight Cowboy. Oh, but then we're going to do Pat. Pat. Yeah. Then we're going to do French Connection. And then and we did The Godfather. The Godfather is kind of in the middle. Yeah, kind of in the middle. So they were just they, they were a little bipolar then. They couldn't figure out which are we news, new guys, the cool kids, or are we still the old school ones? And then Friday I watched Hamlet, the 1948 Lawrence Olivier version, which I really like this movie. It's really good. (laughs) It's it's super stagey, but it's like one of the most inspired use of like stage plays because there's like four only four sets in the whole movie, but Mm -hmm. the cameras moving around, there's smoke and atmosphere going everywhere. The lighting's kind of incredible for it, and the performances are just so good. I I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Um, for me, uh, did some Best Picture nominee and winning rewatches. Saw Moonlight, Parasite, uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. All great. Then I saw Triangle of Sadness for the second time, and yeah, I... Yeah. Why, yeah, why would you watch? Did you like? Did you feel it deserved it? Uh, I wanted to give it another shot since I own... I, 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 like to own all the best picture nominees so i have it on criteria and i'm like ah, let me give it another shot um yes yeah, same problems i have the last the last time it's yeah. once once they get off the shift the movies i mean just uh, it, it, I'll, I'll be on the side it is too long it's of a movie. too long mm-hmm. um, maybe 20 20 minutes too long i saw i i have some good 4am watches here so this movie is directed by frank capello starring vigo mortensen and it's called American Yakuza. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. Oh, oh, a white guy in the Japanese mafia? Is that what it is? No, but he's kind of infiltrating it. Okay. Yeah. I it did. Then I saw if you. It's a, if it's if it's a four a.m. watch, it's probably cheesy and kind of. Oh yeah, that's exactly what it is. Um, this you mentioned John Lithgow. He had like a streak of playing like such a great villain. He Denzel Washington in the lead here is called Ricochet and John Lithgow is the villain and exactly similar to blow. He's just like over the top and it's hard not to, he kind of steals the movie. He's so damn good in it. Uh, then I saw, Oh, okay. This one's actually, I'll save it for last for Jack. So I saw rewatch his girl Friday. Hadn't seen it in a while. Philadelphia story, woman of the year. Obviously it happened one night, bringing a baby phenomenal stuff. I, it's funny. Cause like I look back at Jimmy Stewart's win there and I'm like, all right, I think we were going to go the grapes of wrath in that year, but it's okay. It doesn't fucking matter. They should have, they owed him anyway. So we do this mm-hmm. every year now. So at this, like looking back at it, I'm like, I'm perfectly fine with the Jimmy I Stewart guess- win. Who won in 1946? Yeah, I think it would have been. Oh my God, who was the lead in The Grapes of Wrath? Was that Charlton wait, Heston? Wait for wait, Best Actor in yeah. 46. I think that That's was a, no, no, 40, March. No, no, 41 for um. Oh, um, for well, I'm asking. I'm asking 46. Oh, 46 for it's a wonderful 40, life. 46 was pretty yeah, Best years. No, I'm talking about when he actually won because he should have won the year before for Mr. Smith goes to Washington and they and they oh, yeah. uh, and they oh, that him was on that. Robert Donat for Mr. Chips. Oh. In '39, yeah, yeah. And, and, Clark, and Clark Gable, or on him later, was also right there for Gone with the Wind, also. So you Jack, they have multiple Jack, options. Jackson League of Cinephiles mode right now. He's just pulling yeah, out seriously. the winners left and right. That's so who idea. who was nominated the year he won for Philadelphia? Uh oh, for Philadelphia. Oh, God damn it, I got it. Uh, uh, yeah, so yeah, for Yeah, yeah, he should have won for James Stewart for It's a Wonderful Life. 
I think Jimmy, while, while Hunter's looking that up, I think Jimmy would have won if he didn't win for this, for It's a Wonderful Life. Would have been nice. Oh, okay. Let me he he could have. The, the thing, too, or that's the always the thing I always think about is, like, It's a Wonderful Life having, like, that later surge and Best yeah. Years of Our Lives being, like, as relevant as it was. Good point. So Good point. That's a, that's a juggernaut and a half right there, but another case of... I'm just happy he has Unfor- one. Unfortunate matchup. Of... Yep. Oh, so who is who is nominated the year he won? Yeah. For Philadelphia. Uh, Charlie Chaplin for The Great Dictator. Ooh, that's a, Ooh, that's really? a great, that's a great crazy nomination. That's always crazy to remember. Actor. Yeah. Henry Fonda for Grapes of Wrath. That's, that's, yeah, yeah that's, that's the one. Yeah. Ray, Raymond Massey for Abraham Lincoln. Ooh. Sure. <laughs> and Lawrence Olivier for Rebecca. So, oh, that's wow, that's a, that's a fucking good, good lineup. That's, that's a, a good really lineup. good lineup. Yeah. Sorry, Raymond Massey. I don't know who the hell you are. Everyone else, like, that name about Rushmore so Hall of Fame. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, but yeah, uh, Philadelphia Story still rocks. Still, I looked at the letterbox of some of our colleagues, and I am ashamed to call them colleagues. <laughs> yeah, uh, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty fucking terrible. Um, I... The last one I saw Dune on IMAX. I saw it uh, yesterday since I am watching Dune two on Tuesday. Uh, it still holds up. It's just immaculate on IMAX. Uh, I saw a four AM watch The Super with Joe Pesci where he plays a slumlord in New York City, and then he goes to rather than go to jail, they get make him live in his his broken down apartment complex. Uh, I'm- I guess this is like early 90s. 19- I mean, I guess it sounds like it. His follow-up to Goodfellas. Oh, uh, well, there you go. Cashing in the check right there. 1991, so it was right it's, after Goodfellas. Well, I guess you know, it's, it's 90s are pretty good because it's Scorsese movies, uh, My Cousin Vinny, yeah. Home Alone. Like, no, he was he was doing well in the 90s, yeah. so I guess... Yeah, the movie. Just the ones we don't remember. The JFK. Yeah, oh, JFK. JFK yeah. Well, yeah. Movies. Like, well, movies. Yeah. Fucking terrible. I mean, I had a great time with it, but it, it's super, super like '90s. Like, not you guys would hate it. And then finally, the last one I saw, I held off. Back, getting back into my horror. 1989, directed by George P. Cosmatos. This movie, we've Jack. You like to bring up Jaws, poor man's Jaws. Yes, yes, yes. One of my favorite sub sub genres of horror. We now have the first that I've seen, and I feel like I have to search for more. Poor man's alien. Oh God! So they find this creature. The creature comes out of someone's body. It starts growing. Um, and you can cat? you can cut. No, but there is some. Ca- there is a character called Jonesy. Oh, ah! come, come, come on! So. Um, Man, wait, what, what year? 1989. Oh, 89. Shout out! I'm at three stars on it. Shout out to my boy John, Sean Fennessy, who is also at three stars on it. So I am not alone. <laughs> so the movie stars Peter Weller, uh, oh, Dan- oh, Daniel okay. Stern. <laughs> so this isn't like some low budget. Piece no, of no. There's some actual stuff to this. Ernie Hudson's in this as well. Oh. Uh, uh, let me see. Hector Elizondo. Uh, if you guys oh, yeah, would, yeah, yeah. You, if you guys don't know who that is, definitely look him up. So a lot of character actors in here. Uh, Peter Weller is the lead. It is literally like Alien. <laughs> I, I to the point that like my letterbox review was like under the sea, no one can hear you scream. It was it's very on brand. The movie ends on land though. 
So oh. Oh, yeah, at least they did something different. Yeah, the movie yeah. does end a little different than <laughs> Alien. Uh, I actually think you may vibe with it, Jack. Okay, what, what's it called again? Leviathan. Oh, okay. It's on HBO Max, so or Max or whatever. So, uh, like I said, if you know what you're getting yourself into, that it's a poor man alien. I was like, I think you may actually think it's not too terrible. Uh, Rick Baker did the makeup on it, so the creature does. Stan Stan Winston. Yeah, oh, I'm also sorry, did Stan VFX, Winston. So... No, I'm sorry, it was Stan Winston, not Rick Baker. Uh, Stan Winston's in there. You know, you're gonna get quality. So the creature, when it finally morphs to like its final form, it uh, it's pretty, it's pretty sublime i think you guys you you'll think it's decent so uh and that's all i have uh started watching the dynasty the patriots documentary but i can't really talk about it just yet so mm. under embargo for like another week uh yeah. and, the the, the seven thousand apple shows they released this last week or whatever my apple streaming thing my apple press thing is just like shows upon shows upon shows yeah. and i'm just you're not like, watching the ben franklin show i have i apologize i saw it and i skipped right right through it <laughs> I'm not watching it the Abraham Lincoln. The Abraham Lincoln one seems pretty like unique, yeah, half interesting. Yeah, but I, I have not. I gave up on another show about fashion that I can't really talk about. Either. Oh God, the the Christian Dior show. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've heard from people that it's not a show that if you want you watch at all when you're tired. How yeah, about that? that's it. That's a perfect way. Yeah. To, perfect way to put I'm, it. I'm just waiting for the Quaron show. At some point, it's gotta come. At some point. Um, alrighty, so that wraps everything up. Everything that we watched. Let's get into while we're here. The 90th anniversary of it. Happy one night. Uh, one of my favorite Best Picture winners of all time. Before I get into the production, Jack, what is your first time watching it? It happened one night, and I hope it was not this week. No, 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 no. I had seen it once before, and that was 2017. Uh, <clears throat> and by this time, I'd already been super fond of the other two big five winners of uh, sounds of the lambs being probably the first like great horror movie horror at the time, quote unquote, uh, movie that I saw cuckoo's nest obviously is still one of my all time favorites, but I first saw it then it was later than those. Cause I had yet to get more into black and white movies. So this time I, or when I did see it, I really liked it. Uh, it had some room to grow. Uh, and in the time since, it has certainly done that. Uh, this is another of those cases where the movie is filled with cliches, but that's because it is the cliche uh, to essentially just define this whole genre that's yet to come. Uh, and it still remains fresh just because the that hint of pre-code edge that's in the movie. Uh, and then some grade-A banter between the two leads and... It does fall just shy of my upper, upper echelon of Best Picture winners. Uh, but man, is it good. And this rewatch really, really helped its case move higher. Awesome. What about you, Hunter? Uh, coincidentally, I think mine was also 2017 I watched it. And I think it was one of the first, I don't know, three or five whatever movies they showed at our film club at school. I think Blade Runner was the first, and then there was something else. I can't remember what. And then I think it happened one night. It was around that time. So I saw it then. I was, again, too early to probably have appreciated it fully of what it was at that time. So, And I kind of wish I'd rewatched it this week. But the problem is I have way too many Best Picture winners to watch for the first time. I was like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't be rewatching stuff right now. I have to keep going. I have to watch at minimum two to three Best Picture winners in the next couple of weeks to make it in time. So I can't. 
be muddying up the, the time. But rewatching it in the clips and spurts here to get notes for this, I'll say, yeah, this movie's probably better than I think it is. I still I liked it at the time. I think I'm still three and a half on it. It should probably be four and up, but that's for when I maybe once we're done with the best picture winners, I'll go back to the ones I'm like, I, I that I haven't seen forever. So for me, it was 2014, the first time I saw this. It was in theaters. It was at a... Ooh. Yeah. Th- there's oh, a th- anniversary, I guess, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think of that, but yeah, it was. So there's a theater by me that uh, plays every Saturday and Sunday classics uh, for... It's called uh, Movies and Mimosas. So they're always... Oh, oh I'm sold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so ba- awesome. So basically, they charge uh, $5, and then you go in and watch the movie or whatever. So um, my wife, Jen, had she's a huge fan of this movie as well, and she was like, oh, you haven't seen it? Let's just go. And so we saw it, loved it right away. Uh, I had kind of avoided it because at that point, I really wasn't trying to... Didn't care about watching every Best Picture winner, but then after this, it was just like, all right, maybe... Maybe there I are other gems. Yeah, hidden gems there. Well, but, um, yeah. yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, Especially in the 30s, it's really yeah. hit or miss. <laughs> yep. There's some great ones, and then there's some real really POSs. Good. Seriously. But, no, yeah, I loved it. I'm not really big on romantic comedies, but this kind of is the standard, along with another movie we're going to talk about next week. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's one of my favorite Best Picture winners. Uh, I think it's my favorite Best Picture winner of the 30s i'm pretty sure yeah it seems like it uh but yeah gone with the wind gone with the wind yeah Yeah, that's about it it's not beauty on the bounty no it's not beauty on the bounty i was was actually supposed to watch beauty on the bounty yesterday i just couldn't fit it in Mostly on account of laziness. I, I guess, cannot so. wait Next for Hunter's like thoughts. Three hours, that's excusable. <laughs> uh, it's actually it's only like two hours, and like thirteen minutes. Yeah, it's not oh, it's, really? it's not three hours, but it uh, no. yeah, it certainly does. Uh, yeah. It certainly I think, does. I think, I think the Brando remake is like three hours long. I, oh. I so when I looked it up, I was like, oh fuck me, and then I was like, oh wait, no, never mind, that's the wrong version. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> so I still have to see the goddamn great Siegfeld that I've yeah that in. one is three hours it is three, I've, I've it's been that one too it's been sitting in my queue for like a month now I'm like I should probably watch it this weekend <laughs> get I, it I out of the way like, my uh, friends it's so bad because nobody likes it I had never seen one positive review for it I'm like oh god damn it it's it's quite something. Uh, but in terms of It Happened One Night, the film is based on a 1933 story in Cosmopolitan titled Night Bus, uh, and it's directed by Frank Capra. It is a 1934 pre-code. It just... Just we'll talk about that later. Just real, made the, the cut. Real Indiana Jones of it, just under the door, mm-hmm. right before it closed. Yep. So the Hayes Code was in began to be enforced. On July 1st, 1934, even though it was introduced in 1930 and it was just oversight and they let people do whatever they want. Um, I, looking at some of the stuff in this movie, this movie would have been destroyed in the editing room. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'd like to do an, a, a bad experiment of like, what would happen if this was censored? Just what, what would be missing of it? Uh, what Probably the most iconic scene for me with the, exactly. the, the leg. <laughs> itself exactly. uh anything in the bedroom that would yeah, probably be, be tw- mm-hmm. 15 minutes shorter and that's the best 15 minutes of the movie almost it's interesting that the Hayes co- so the Hayes code is what basically what it, it's called it was a it ran from 1934 to 1968 um 
It's called crazy. I think Midnight Cowboy was the one I just yeah. watched. And that is not a Hayes Code movie. Not at all. I think, I think they had a, they were having so much fun being like, we don't have to we don't have to watch what we do anymore. We'll do anything. It's probably why that movie is rated. It's not. It's. Is it NC-17 or not rated? Something like that, it's right? X, th- rated X, X. Rated X, yeah. It was yeah. X, yeah. And I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's barely R now. I mean, it's pretty tame when you watch it today. Yeah. Seriously. But. So the production code began in 1930 and rigidly enforced in 1934. Basically, what was they laid out what was acceptable and unacceptable in any movies for a public audience to take in. And, if I your mean, Christian mother didn't like it, it's not in the movie. That's basically what it was. Basically, Hollywood was a Republican party for a couple of years. That's basically trying to tell you what they want you to do or not to do. But um, once that once that happened, the floodgates opened. And can you imagine the Godfather on the face coat? <laughs> I do. I, I mean, I was gonna say there were a bunch of like Bob movies, kind of like later on. Like I, when I've watched a lot of like Godfather documentaries, they always talk about just like kind of how those movies were at the time uh, and yeah it would be something <laughs> basically what was illegal per se uh any sexual innuendos mild profanity illegal drug use promiscuity prostitution infidelity abortion intense violence are all were all outlawed in in movies throughout this era yeah. but w- what a- i'll say uh, about it and that's the thing that i kind of love about like the rom-com specifically is it really shows the the stock or like the capabilities of the writers to like sneak that like innuendo in there and like how like some like it hot for example is like mm-hmm. almost a dec like almost a decade before the code was like disestablished and like there is a lot of like risque kind of stuff in that movie that pretty amazed it got past everything I'm- it's one of those i thought about Watching Blowout this week, where too bad Hitchcock is only during the Hayes Code, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that not that you know, sex and swearing makes every movie better, but you know, it's just one of those things where you'd like to see a director who would have the chance to put that in and make it work. And unfortunately, Hitchcock never had it because by the time it was gone, he was not peak Hitchcock anymore. No, you're right. Then, I mean, so that's why Brian De Palma got to take up the mantle. It's like I could do whatever I want now. And then he made Dress Dress to Kill, and you're like, oh, you're just making Psycho. <laughs> But still a good movie. Uh, in regards to the casting, neither Clark Gable or uh, Claudette Colbert was the first choice to play the lead. Miriam Hopkins rejected the part of Ellie. Robert Montgomery and Myrna Loy were then offered the roles and both turned them down. Uh, Loy later noted that the final story as a film bore little resemblance to the script that she read, which is some st- some that notes that I have later regarding the script. Uh, Margaret Sullivan rejected the part. Constance Bennett was willing to accept the role she could produce the film. Betty Davis wanted the role, but she was under contract with Warner Brothers, and during that era, you were under contract to a studio. You were now working for another one. Carol Lombard was unable to accept the role because Columbia's proposed filming schedule will conflict with her work at Bolero at Paramount. I've never heard of the movie Bolero. Have you? Bolero. Have well, too not. Bad. It wasn't wasn't this one, so it didn't work out. <laughs> uh, Loretta Young also turned it down. Uh, according to Gable, um, uh, according to Hollywood myth and legend, Gable was lent to Paramount pic- to Columbia Pictures, then considered a minor studio as punishment for refusing for refusing to uh, roll at his own studio. 
The tale has been partially refuted by more recent biographies. However, MGM did not have a project ready for Gable, and the studio was paying him his contracted salary of $2,000 per week, whether he worked or not. Uh, Louis B. Mayer sent him to Columbia for $2,500 per week, netting the $500 extra that MGM was paying him. Just, I just imagine the producers for yeah when I like the the whiteboard or I guess chalkboard in their office just all the actresses like nope didn't, didn't <laughs> that projected I mean we're like twenty actresses deep before we get to Claudette Colbert. Uh, and speaking of the script, so when filming began, Gable and Colbert were dissatisfied with the quality of the script. Uh, Capra understood dissatisfaction and let the screenwriter Robert Riskin rewrite it. Colbert continued to show displeasure on the set. She also initially balked at pulling her skirt up to entice a passing driver to provide a ride, complaining that it was unladylike. Uh, upon seeing a body double brought in, she decided to do it herself stating get out get her out of here i'll do it that's not my leg capra has gone on and claimed that colbert had many little tantrums motivated by her and and empathy towards me however she was wonderful in the part uh jack moving on to maestro's corner where jack and i joked about this outside of that song on the bus uh the music was by howard jackson and lewis silvers i got nothing else on here jack what about you (laughs) it was one of those cases where it was like you know there's somebody credited for the music but there's just not a ton that like stuck out or even like i heard aside from like the opening credit music and such so I, don't uh, know. <laughs> I I was telling Hunter, I was telling Jack, is this in the top five of best picture winners with the least music in it? I mean, there's probably movies with no music in it, I guess, but I can't remember. I yeah. left this blank because I was like, I'm not giving the Maurice Chouard award to, the, <laughs> to somebody yeah, who, just, no, who didn't no, do work. They, you they have got to like earn this one. award at least. <laughs> I, I left that blank as well when we get to the yeah. category. So at least we're all on the same boat with this one. And we did not speak about this uh, until today. So. Um, in, re- in terms of the release box office and reception, the, the budget on the film was 325k. The movie grossed 2.5 million and was released on February 22nd, 1934. Uh, after the filming was done and the movie was released, Colbert complained to her friend, "I just finished the worst picture in the world." Columbia also had low expectations that they did not do much of advertising for the movie. So, 2.5 million on that with that little pushing of the movie—that's a Nice little success. Uh, The movie has a 98% rating on RT. In terms of the trophy room, like I mentioned, and we've all mentioned this movie, won picture, director, actor, actress, and best adaptation. Uh, It was the first movie to win the Big Five. Since then, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, The Silence of the Lambs, um, have completed this. It... Happened One Night was also the last film to win both leading acting uh, until One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest in 1975. So even though some movies didn't win the big five, this is they didn't even win actor and actress until 75. Interesting. Uh, I wasn't in my notes until the other day when I was looking at last year's Oscars. Would you consider everything ever all at once, ever, all at once something close to this? Because it won... Picture, director, screenplay, actress, supporting actor, and supporting actress. So that was pretty impressive on its own. I mean, it no, I think it, it. 
everything above the line it could. I mean, and yeah, you can only win one supporting actress. That yeah, so you can only do that. Because I wonder if if Key win an actor, could he have done it? I mean, because no. because Brendan really wasn't a steamroller, so I wonder if he could have. Yeah, he could I was have gonna done say, it. given that it could happen, that could have happened. I think it once you put. I don't like to say this, but a small name and best actor, your yeah, that's a good point. Down, yeah, compared to the start, because the smaller actors, you know, your Troy Kotzers, even your Paul Racy's and stuff, can go in supporting actor and win. Yeah, without anything before him, it's hard for somebody totally un, again unknown like Kay Kwan to win best actor. Agreed. Uh, AFI Jack's favorite list. Uh, in 1998, it was number 35. Uh, in 2000, for 100 years, 100 laughs, it was number eight. In 2002, for 100 Years, 100 Passions, it was number 38. Uh, AFI, 100 Years, yeah. 100 Movie Quotes. Ellie, well, I prove once and for all that the limb is mightier than the thumb. It was nominated, was not in the final list. In the yeah. 2007, it was number 46 instead of number. So it went down 11 spots from. Mm-hmm. That's sad. Uh, and yeah. then in 2008, it was AFI's number three rom-com of all time. Uh, I guess I'll well, ask what one I... One or two, I guess. So. Probably... Yeah, number, th- number 38 passions is is fascinating. I'm going to guess... Well, I, I have a feeling Jack's looking it up. So I'm going to guess for for romantic comedy when Harry Met Sally is number one and Pretty Woman is number two. I think that's my prediction there. I was gonna say some like it hot's number one or two. That's my guess. That would be. Like... Uh, let's see. Or the no, I wouldn't think the apartment is that high, but like it might be. Honestly, is that a romantic you're, comedy? You're you're I... both you're both wrong. Oh Number shit. two is Annie Hall, and number one is City Lights. Oh come uh, on, yeah. That's like a sight yeah, and I... sounds choice. Come on, man. I love City Lights. C- but... City Lights can go up there. Annie Hall makes sense. Now, I guess next list, it will not be probably. Oh, it would not know. be at all. <laughs> and, and I, next... would, I, I would like to note for the Passions list, because that was what was really fascinating to me, yeah. being like number 30 on the Passions. Would you like to take a guess of what movie is at 24 while this is at 38? I'll give uh, you a hint. Yeah. It's one of my all-time favorites. King Kong. It's King Kong. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, really... wait, who's, who's Passion, though? That's what uh, I'm like. Here's my favorite part. They're liberal enough to have it like no list love triangles. So we've got Fay Ray, Bruce Cabot, and Kong oh all listed God. here. So they so know. Bruce, what was number Cabot, one? The guy who says he hates women in the movie. Yes. <laughs> Such a passionate guy. <laughs> Jack, what was number one? For passion, Casablanca. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, no hate there. Yeah. Gone, with, Gone with the Wind, West Side Story, or the top. Okay, three, so, so it's not. It's not it's terrible. Pretty, pretty valid. And it's a wonderful yeah. life made top ten. So nice. We got Maybe. one Capra passion in there. Could be our next year's project. Our seven hour best picture podcast. This won't be enough. We could do the AFI top one hundred by us. Uh don't don't not a, don't tempt me with a good time. <laughs> exactly. It'll only be, don't worry, listeners. It'll only be twelve hours long. Seriously, <laughs> it's so hard. Um, in '93, it was selected for preservation uh, by National Film Registry, so it's in there. Jack, you 
were you surprised? Uh, I was trying. I was trying to think in terms of like its first year. I think was '89, so it's like five years okay. later. So pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. It, it happened one night. Actually, made an immediate impact on the public itself. Where Gable undresses in, uh, for bed and he takes off his shirt. And urban legend claims that as a result, mm-hmm. sales of men's undershirts decline noticeably. Uh, the movie also prominently features a greyhound bus in a stir in the story, spurring interest in bus travel nationwide. So I mean, nobody had cars back then. Not, yeah, you know, regular people didn't have cars back then, really. So buses are the cool way to go around. For sure. All right, what age the best, Jack? Kick it off with you. All right. Uh, well, I think rom coms definitely. Uh, mm-hmm. Given that so many elements of this movie have been rewound and respun today, and it's crazy to just think how much of it is just here. Uh, the pre-code element, specifically the ending, I think, uh, kind of akin to uh, the ending of North by Northwest, kind of, where it's just like that, like, kind of joke. That's Well, this one's more, so, like, obvious than the, well, more stated, I suppose, but it's just that kind of thing where, like, the hidden with, like, the let it topple, and it's just like, yeah, man, like, what an ending. <laughs> uh, the oh yeah guy is <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> uh, Don't worry, we'll, 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 some he might be under a category here. <laughs> uh, I also I, I mentioned the walls of Jericho, just yes. like that whole kind of like running bit through the movie. Um, hitchhiking, or just that whole scene—not the concept of hitchhiking—that that probably goes under what's age the worst. Now that I'm thinking about it, uh. <laughs> uh and that's yeah, that was all I had for this one. All right, what about you, Hunter? Uh, I had the script as well because it, you know the banter, the 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 the, the quick witted one liners and stuff like that, which it's kind of crazy to think about that everyone was complaining about the script when they went into the movie. So you you wonder what it was before before all this because you couldn't imagine like all this was put in at the last minute to save it. Uh, and then it's like the Hayes Code kind of thing where I said, again, I use air quotes a lot today in a, you know, very non-visual media, but the, the racy <laughs> stuff that you're allowed, because it's, it's one of those where if you, you say to people, oh, it's 1930s film, they're gonna, they have this in their mind that it's like stodgy, stuffy, kind of old school. It's like, no, this is like pretty free-flowing, there's some stuff being in here, you go, ooh, I didn't know they would say that and stuff. So it's, it's an exciting movie for what it easily could have been at the time. For sure. Alrighty, uh, you mentioned rom-coms already, so I'll skip that. Uh, traveling via via bus, still very very popular today. Uh, yeah. This is for anyone that goes to concerts, movie theaters, and just deals with the obnoxious idea of sitting in someone else's seat and arguing about it. So that the best you, you, you it, like that? Well, no, I mean, age the best as it happens way oh, it too happens. consistently okay. now. That's uh, true. It is the same. Being named King, shout out, shout out, Jack. <laughs> Age the best. Okay, yeah. You're not a fan yeah. of King Wesley. I well, the thing is, that's his nickname. I looked it up, and like King is always in air quotes. I'm but like, I, no, wonder, I don't, like, I don't know what his name is. I was gonna say, I wonder what like justifies like the nickname because I don't think we really know a ton of like we don't really know a ton about him. So I, I, I wonder why who gave him the name King and why. I'm guessing it's some like sort of this is a business marriage where it's like yeah. he's some rich powerful guy and he's like oh you sh- I should you know she should probably marry him be well off for herself and blah 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 even though she doesn't love him. Um I mentioned uh uh the taking off your shirt in movies. 
Uh, Colbert and Gable's chemistry. You mentioned the final bookend with the Wall of Jericho. Um, this goes into my what's age the worst and what's age the best as a father of a daughter. Alexander Andrews is kind of like a shitty dad at the beginning. Like Ellie and Wesley, I looked it up. Uh, the actors, like the actor Colbert and mm-hmm. the act, I looked up their age difference. It's 15 years. Why is he letting his daughter marry this man? Unless, like you said, Hunter, it's for business purposes only. But the change of heart at the end where he's basically approving spending all this money on the wedding and letting his daughter be a runaway bride. So and go off to the with the with the guy she actually wants to be with. So that's well, that's all I have here. Uh what's age the worst? Not much here. Telegrams. Okay. Well, uh, we, I, we, we've done better than that now. We're, we're, what, we're, we're my, ahead of that. One of my favorite uh I can't remember I can't remember who exactly it was, but like the top review for this movie on Letterboxd, somebody was just like, can somebody explain to me how a telegram costs like two sixty, but the hotel room only costs like two dollars? So wait, really? I missed that. Yeah, yeah, it was like huh? the two. It was like the two dollar like flat rate sign in front of the hotel, but there was one point where they were like, oh yeah, the telegram is like two sixty, but if I remember, that was a pretty lengthy telegram, gonna... so maybe they charged by the letter or something. We're like gonna that. do the inflation calculator. Go now. for it. How much did that telegram cost? Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Two two sixty it said? Yeah, yeah. Uh let's see. Nineteen thirty four. Hopefully they still have oh yeah, they got this. Uh we'll just say January, why not? Uh that was a sixty dollar telegram. <laughs> Holy Fall. That is a, that is an entire <laughs> video game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't now, now I wish I had rewatched this movie a few days ago. Now, what's in the Telegram? What was worth sixty bucks? To oh, I don't remember. Man. I, I'm pretty sure it was a, pretty sure it was one sent by Mr. Andrews. Uh, I think it was something about Ellie. I can't remember what exactly it was. But okay, I was like, was is it a plot of... specific Telegram or is it just some like kind of throwaway? It, fun it, thing? it was kind of it was a long kind of like it was okay. plot related, but it was a long kind of spiel of words. I so. actually did have inflation as the next one, but not for the Telegram price for the amount of money that he asked for Alexander at the end of the movie. Oh yeah. Was... So that was seventy eight. It was I believe it was seventy eight dollars or something like that. So I I didn't do the math, but I assume that seventy eight dollars in nineteen thirty four to today is a couple of hundred bucks. No, uh, at, at least eight, yeah, eighteen hundred dollars. Yeah. God damn! <laughs> it goes God up. Damn. I mean, two two dollars was sixty dollars, so seventy eight dollars was a lot more. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else do I have here? Oh, hitchhiking in heels. Yeah, just hitchhiking collectively. I think. Did that ever? Did that ever age well, though? No, you're right on that. Uh, yeah, don't really have much here. Uh, Jack, what about you? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I didn't really have much either here. I kind of put in that same sense. Uh, also, just kind of like pre-code move, like just like the whole pre-code idea to kind of going back to what I was saying about like now that you can have more like that now that there are like less restrictions and stuff. Like, you know, you could just kind of, like, throw, like, the sex and whatnot in there. And, like, the lack of, like, innuendo, I think, uh, is something that is kind of specific to this kind of era of, like, screwball comedies that really stands out and helps them last long. And then the whole 1930s, you know, whole issue with gender portrayals and all of that kind of stuff. But Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, Pretty pretty cool. Anything for you? Yeah, pretty much the same as you guys. And I was... 
most of mine are joke stuff for not like not actual real problems yeah. in the movie that that's not also just society at the time so Duh, for sure that's the movie's fault all right joe spinell that guy award um i have someone here that i think jack will have the same person i don't know i don't know if he counted here or in black turtleneck guy but i'm going with a man that played a character in two versions of this movie in 1922 (laughs) and and 1938 and that's uh alan hale senior who played little john in robin hood and the adventures Mm -hmm. of robin hood um, he is the singing car driver who wants to steal the suitcase. Uh, that I mean, he could probably count in both areas because he doesn't really have that much screen time. But I remembered him right away when I when I saw him. But that's who I have. What do you got, Jack? Okay. Well, well. Spoiler alert. Uh, Alan Hale is my black turtleneck guy. Like the second he like the second he starts singing, I forgot about that completely, and I just died. Uh, but I also, he was uncredited in the movie, but I see the name and I instantly just clock it. Ward Bond, uh, who, going back to It's a Wonderful Life, he played, it was Bert. either Bert or Ernie, I care. I think it was Bert. Mm. Uh, yeah, the, the cab driver, the, no, the cop. Uh, and then he's also in The Searchers. But yeah, I also took note of Alan Hale's Little John, because that made me really happy to find out. What about you, Hunter? I actually had War Bond as bus driver number one. Is what he's credited as. Just keep saying, "Oh yeah," and then and then they're like, "These seats have two people, right?" He's like, "Yeah, maybe they do, maybe they don't." I was like, "Great job." <laughs> couldn't give a straight answer all day. Yeah, but he'd also do like, yeah, The Searchers, It's a Wonderful Life, Maltese Falcon. So I was like, "Damn, he's in some classics." So there you go. All right, the Al Martino Miscast Award, Jack. I'll start here with you on this one. Okay. Now, we talked about this prior, and I don't think there's anybody who's, like, outright bad or anything like that. However, given his appearances in other films God damn by it. this director... I think you're going to go where I'm going. Would you like to consider, instead of Walter Connolly as Mr. Yep. Andrews, what about Lionel, Lionel Barrymore? That's exactly yeah. what I had. Yeah. Exactly what I had. Because, you know, you'd watch It's a Wonderful Life, and he is, like dialing up the nasty in that movie but Mm -hmm. you watch he can't take it with you he's a pretty charming like guy and i think he can kind of balance out both of those worlds with this character uh and uh, not that like again walter connelly who plays him did a pretty good job but it's the kind of thing where it's like we'd see what he had done and i think he could have done a little bit more yeah no like i i like I do like Walter Conley in this, but I just mm-hmm. I could not get Lionel Barrymore out of my my like out of my head. I think he would have been perfect for this. Uh, Hunter, do you have anyone here? No, I didn't have an. I couldn't take my boy Connolly out of here. He's he's <laughs> he's my black turtleneck winner. I couldn't take him out of <laughs> miscast. Um, I I I for the life of me just sat there and I was like, what can I get Jimmy Stewart in this movie? Like, how can I fit King him Wesley. in so but That's well, literally the only character that I could have thought was King Wesley. That's more of a Cary Grant, though. Yeah, because I don't even yeah. think, like, Jimmy Stewart ever played... Because if anything, King Wesley is, quote-unquote, like, the villain of the story in a way, but yeah. not really. Yeah. And I don't think Jimmy Stewart ever played that type of character. But, 
it would also be like, why the hell is she running away from Jimmy Stewart? Like, who would ever yeah. know what he do? <laughs> what would Jimmy Stewart or Cary Grant do? Like, I'm mean, running two of them. Like, I think the I mean, old, the hey, cl- Clark Gable and Jimmy Stewart is your choice. Good fight. Pretty it's damn good, good life. <laughs> it's the only thing if you like a, a mustache or not. That's literally your choice. The, the issue yeah. there, because <laughs> um, I don't think Jimmy Stewart the only quote near villain character is in Vertigo, and that's not even that. That's pretty much. I yeah, I can't really think yeah, of I mean, anything else. Maybe there's just like a like a some western or something. Yeah, like, that's true too. Yeah. You know, a bunch of those, maybe. but. Yeah, Vertigo is about as close as it gets, and yeah. So black and even that, and that is like not a surface level villain. So black turtle that guy, you already gave yours, Jack Hunter. You said yeah, you have Walter yeah. Conley. Walter Conley. I said he's a good father for again for the time. He easily could have been marry the rich guy. We need money. Blah 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 the whole time. But then he actually wises up and at least respects his daughter. We'll give him half credit for that one. I gave in an I... era where a lot of people don't get any credit. I gave Jameson Thomas some love as King Wesley in here. <laughs> God, whatever. Does he? Does he? Wait. He I doesn't can, do I much. Can't remember, I can't remember fully. Is he in the movie until he is. like the, the, the five, end? Okay. The end. Yeah. Well, no. Okay. Until like his plane lands, so it's mm-hmm. like the triplane or whatever it was. Probably a shrewd businessman. You know, came in yeah, there. He just came from Wall Street. They, yeah. If they remade this movie today, who would be that character? That Jeremy Strong. It, 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 <laughs> that that'd be a good because because you know today they would make it a name actor just for the cameo fun yeah. of it but it's like it'd have to be someone who's kind of a plays dicks a lot because makes it conceivable they'd be running away from them but Jeremy Strong would be one of those where it's like good looking guy definitely powerful but it's like yeah I don't know if I want to be married to him yeah <laughs> um let me see Thomas Mitchell's supporting player award J- Jack. Uh, this was where I had uh Walter Connolly, which funny I have been like recasting and there, but he's again he's good and he's like does well in all of his scenes, but this is also definitely a two hander movie and it feels much more heavy on the black turtleneck side than mm-hmm. I agree the, the legitimate like supporting cast, so it's kind of hard. Hunter, what do you got here? Actually, I must have gotten my categories mixed up because I had the bag thief here. So I actually yeah, <laughs> okay, back, back, back to Alan Hale, like, baby. Yeah, black black turtleneck is the bag thief, and then Walter Connolly is Thomas Mitchell supporting actor award. I I also have Walter Connolly in here too. Like I said, Lionel Barrymore is right there, but like I yeah. do like everything Connolly did in in this. That's, like like Jack said, this is the two leads, and then Connolly's the distant third, and then it kind of just really drops off for this. This is not there's not much of a cast here, big cast. And our Icebox MVP of the film, I I just I'll keep it simple. I just did Colbert Gable together. Uh, Hunter's always the guy that give the director some love. Do you have Frank Capra here? I actually went with. Riskin and Samuel Hopkins Adams for their script because I think that's what keeps this movie timeless to this day. So I, I went with that one. Oh, you too, Jack? Lines that you just can't I, mess with. I also, went, I also went with the screenwriters. Yeah, and I, I think it's, I, I think it really is the dialogue and banter between the two that really helps me love the characters. So I, I, I am indebted to them for the movie. Awesome. I think this is definitely an era where the writers definitely made like the greatest movies ever of this time was thanks to the writers. You feel like, cause mm-hmm. I don't, yeah. it makes me sound 
directing was not limited of that era, but there was only so much you could do with the technology and styles that era where the writing really was what kept a movie apart from the rest. Totally get it. Uh, I'm glad that every, uh, everyone got some love here in this category. And then we finish up with Mount Rushmore. Um, I have a few things, some funny ones, some not so funny ones, I guess. Clark Gable, Mount Rushmore. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not, it's, oh, no hesitation. It's, Great, it's gone with the, it's, gone it's with the wind. Gone with the wind. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and then maybe from mutiny on the bounty, I guess. To <laughs> some, to some, you know. Yeah, to some. Uh, I would. Uh, what else did he do? That's like a big one. I'm trying to think. I was gonna say those two of well, gone now, with the wind. What's his? What, what's his? What's his? Mount Rushmore for? Yeah. Okay. So it's. On IMDb, it's it happened when I got with the wind, mutiny the bounty, and then a red dust, which is some. Sure. What about Mi- what about Misfits? Yeah, it's a pretty well known movie. Hmm. Um, so, definitely. So, I mean, you know, you got, so yeah, you got, mutiny on the bounty you just gets grandfathered in by yeah. principle. <laughs> you know, best picture, best actor, nominee. Might as well at that point. So all right, we'll we'll say Claudette Colbert. Yes, obviously. For Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Now here comes the. I guess here comes the conversation. Frank Capra, to some, oh, yeah. to me, no. To me, yeah. it's definitely, definitely. No, no. no to me, no? it's like a no-brainer. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I wasn't oh, sure yeah, for yeah, you yeah. guys because I have this. It's a Wonderful Life, uh, or it's a Wonderful Life. This, Mr. Smith, you can't take it with you, and I guess yeah, that, depends. Do you have, do you have Mr. Yeah. Deeds on there? Oh yeah. Depends. Or well, arsenic and old lace. Some people might have that. I, I haven't do. seen it yet. So. Uh, d- d- uh, arsenic and old lace. I think it's fine. I like it. Okay, I haven't seen it. So yeah, but yeah, this definitely goes on there. It's yeah, this wonderful life, Mr. Smith. Then the fourth one you can go along the ways. I think, but depending on what you like, some people different yeah. ones. For yeah, sure. this is a a solid three. I've got wonderful life and Smith higher. So yeah, I think yeah. that fourth is yeah. just rom coms. Whatever. Goddamn good Mount Rushmore for him. Rockcoms, I mean, I mean, See, I, I I, like I feel here, I, like almost I, principle, like the George Washington of it, being that like it is like the kind of the, the one that started it all. Uh, Want to go easier, it, like classic, definitely. But like I think for me, yeah, like this, uh, some like it hot. Uh, Guess when Harry met Sally. When Harry met Sally, I think Pretty Woman, and then I don't know. I'm not the rom com guy. I, so. I, I, I couldn't put this on there just because it's like it's so hard to condense a whole genre down to four movies. Yeah. Really. Unless it's like The Godfather or something where it's undisputed, you yeah. know, number one. I was like, because it, it, it's so personal at that point of what what do you like and what what's good and what's your taste. Is this uh this is a yes I think for you guys Mount Rushmore for 1930s Best Picture winners? More like a, more like yeah. a Twin Peaks. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Clark Gable on top of those thirties best picture. He had yeah, three of them. Good <laughs> on him, man. I didn't. Yeah, I was thinking about. You were saying that. I was thinking about that because, like, I know he's ranked like really high on like the AFI like stars list. And I was thinking when you said that, I was like, he doesn't have quite like the. I guess kind of span and like depth that like a Jimmy Stewart or like a Cary Grant mm-hmm. kind of has, but like those three, like three best picture winners in five it, it is, years, yeah. something like that. Like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. a little bit once after gone at the wind, it's kind of over. I mean, he's in stuff for 20 years, but not really, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, those like six years, like, holy shit. Uh, we already talked about Capra. Okay. Uh, <laughs> drapes in movies. 
Not until Oppenheimer have drapes been more important than it's a, it. It happened one night. Sure, I, I couldn't. Jack's sitting there like wondering, like, what else can well, I? I, was, I, was, I was say, the problem. Wait, no, I, I didn't. I was gonna I say, I know it. there were like the first line in Chinatown has something to do with like the blinds and Giddis's office. So I was thinking about that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but yeah, you're, you're probably, probably right. The, the Godfather, every room they're in has got. Yeah, some blinds that is true. Yep, that That's is true. You, they get that lighting through those drapes. Being nicknamed King. Him, LeBron James, that's about it, right? King Wesley <laughs> and LeBron James. I feel like someone else is named King in some movie. King Hernandez, okay. pitcher for the Seattle Mariners in the 2000s, who was 2010s, who was really good. Um, yeah, he was good. Yeah. I can't remember any. I can't Didn't, he wasn't in a movie, though, so I guess no, that is true. <laughs> LeBron James has been in Space Jam and, and yeah, Trainwreck. Yeah, so. But he would probably, lo- I think he would have lost wreck, his title. Never forget. <laughs> All right, okay, that's the truth. He was good in Trainwreck. He, he, yeah. he can keep it then. Uh, and then, yeah, that's all I got. Jack, what about you? Do you have anything here? You you hit all the ones that I had, yo. Uh, Hunter, anything for you here? Uh, one of them I had was buses. Oh, yes. You know? Oh, now. Okay. Now it does depend because, like, I had a couple here. There's uh, this one. Good for buses. Good, good. You know, they can put this oh, in the ads. Yeah, the but then when we, go to, when we go to, like, speed, <laughs> is the bus good in speed? <laughs> Do they want to be putting those in the ads? Hmm, I think, but Mount Rushmore, I do think speed is number yeah, one. Yeah, like iconic. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. Now, and there's, Spike Lee move, made a movie about, called Get on the Bus, that takes place all on the bus, so, you know, I'd have to be there, except no one's seen it. Uh, Patterson, the Adam Driver movie, where he plays Ooh, a bus driver. Yeah. The, the, uh. the neon waiters of buses, the night bus from Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh, there like you go, yeah. That, that, it's just one honestly, of the most memorable scenes in the franchise I, for me. I, yeah, I might do that one. And then I have not seen it as Margaret, which is from a few years ago, but that movie's about a bus crash, so probably don't want that one. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I don't think I don't I haven't seen it. I don't even know if the bus crash takes place in the movie. It's off camera. So what there wasn't a lot for bus travel. And I other one I said was leaving someone at the altar. I was like, it's this and then it's Runaway um, Bride. The graduate bride. The graduate. The graduate. Yeah, so and then yeah, I couldn't. Spaceballs. <laughs> speaking of, I was gonna say. Speaking of, I was doing. I was reading into this, and uh, I can't remember his name. And I watched like a month ago. But Bill Pullman, whoever was like the Han Solo, he also asks for only like the money when he returns uh, Princess Vespa, like Clark Gable does in this movie. So Mel Brooks, fan of the movie, it seems. Hey. Now my question about buses. Oh, run and I'm sorry, not buses. Runaway, runaway brides. What and who ends up out of those movies the best? We already know the graduate. They're fucked as soon as it happens because they're yeah, already yeah, they're already yeah, fucked. They're on already the bus. regretting it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's this one. It's pro- pro- probably. I think the movie hints that it goes well. It's going yeah. well. Um, and that's all we have here. Let's finish up with some fun facts. Uh, this is probably the most interesting. Uh, well, one of the most interesting ones. So Clark Gable gave it gave his Oscar away. Mm-hmm. He gave it to a child what? who admired it, telling him it was the uh, telling him it was the winning of the statue that had matter, not owning it. The child returned the Oscar Aww. to Gable family after Clark's death. That's that's pretty cool. Oh, okay. Do you know what happened to it from there? No. Do you? I do. Steven Spielberg anonymously oh, yes, that yes, Oscar yes, yes, yes. I... and returned it to the Academy for Preservation. However, 
It's not in the museum? No, it is. Colbert's was also up at an auction house, but it received no bids. What was oh. So if I had a time oh. machine, I'm going back and getting that for some used scratch so, offs. I don't know if you have I don't know if you have this, Jack, but do you know what um the starting bid was for Cla- Claudette Colbert's? That's true, yeah. And what what year, I guess, I, was it? I, I, I don't. It, all, all it said, it just had that. Because I think that's the big thing. If the starting bid was like $50,000, yeah. I'm like, ah, I don't know if I want that. But like Clark Gables makes perfect sense. Uh, while Hunter's looking that up. Uh, I'm next... going to look at, could we, could we have bought and clawed it? Could we have done it? Um, next up, we talked about the big five. However, it happened one night is the only one not to be nominated in any other category, which is yeah. so pretty much one of the sweepers. Um, oh, oh, fuck. All right. Never mind. Never. We could not have done this. Opening <laughs> opening price ask was one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. In, oh, my in, God. In, in 1997, it said. So I was like, oh, yeah, okay. no, we, we, we couldn't have. We couldn't put our savings was, together. <laughs> I was I was hoping it was like 1950s. Seventy-five dollars. I'm like, yeah, we probably could have done it, and then we, we'll ship it nah. to each other. We each own it three months or four months of the year, and we just ship it to <laughs> Wait, each other. That, that'll be what the first, the, the first uh, memorabilia in the Real Chronicles office. I just yeah, want to, I just want to hold one, like a someone, someone that I, not the one because in LA at the museum they have like an yeah, exhibition. I want to hold one, but I, it wasn't for anything like crazy. If I remember, like it was probably like a short. Like a best short category, is it heavy? Like that. Is it heavy? Oh, it's heavy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I had to use I had to use both hands. Yeah, yeah. I've always been wondering because when people hold it at the like the base and the legs of the character, how it doesn't like just snap off. You know, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure they because they always hold it up with like one hand and they're like, I want yeah. Oscar, and I was like, that thing's gonna break, and I'm like, well, they probably have some engineers who did that who made sure that doesn't happen. So we mentioned the whole Clark Gable being on loan for, from MGM and the theories behind it. One of them was that uh, the punishment was because he had an affair with Joan Crawford, which is... I I don't like it because obviously it's not good for human rights, but like fantasy football, uh, the Hollywood system back then was pretty much kind of how they did it. They were loaning out, trading people, signing them <laughs> to contracts, picking them up off the waivers. They were doing yeah, everything and, with these Hollywood stars. And, and this loan, what was that? The loan for uh, them loaning Gable is like just like what was it if, if like the loan with tyler at work and we won with two of that you can't do that again yeah. so before the movie was released columbia was on quote-unquote poverty row for the era of studios of the studio system the success of this movie single-handedly lifted columbia out of the ranks of quote-unquote poverty row I mean, um it's also a great depression time so yeah stuff was not a good not a good this actually it does make sense why it was so successful because this movie is perfect for the depression era with everything yeah. being such a downer uh frank Haber came up with the idea about the walls of jericho because colbert refused to undress in front of the camera a somewhat puzzling acting choice given her nude milk bath scene in as empress Papaya in 1932's A Sign of the Cross and another in Cleopatra in 1934. Honestly, the Walls of Jericho slap, so I'm glad that's... It's a good scene. Yeah, that's true. And the whole um, Steven Spielberg buying it, uh, it happened in 96, uh, and he stated the reason he bought it was no better sanctuary for Gable's only Oscar than the Motion Picture Academy. Mm. Let's see who is who else is up for best picture at that year. Nineteen thirty four. Yeah. Like, uh, is there anyone? Obviously, this movie wasn't going to lose, but you know, there's. It happened one night. Wait, did we, we didn't talk about 
do you guys know about the the best actress race this year? Uh, no, I don't. Oh, well, well, I see. Well, it well now. yeah. yeah. Gonna, well, you the fir- first, yeah. So, Claudette Colbert did not think she was going to win. Uh, in fact, she uh, had. Oh planned yeah, she didn't to... show up, right? Yeah, she 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 had she had planned like a trip and was going to go, but by the time that actress rolled around, I they had gotten director, screenplay, and actor, and they were like, "Get her off of that train now!" And everybody was assuming that. Um, Betty Davis, because she was a writer. Betty Davis was a good one. Yeah, which is insane to me. And I think, I think I read that she actually only came in like third at the end of the day, and that um, one of the nominees surpassed her. But yeah, crazy that like the write-in could actually happen. So you know. So she was the Andrea Riseborough of the 1930s. I was gonna make that <laughs> joke. Of. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of crazy they hadn't introduced the supporting acting awards yet, so this movie could have gotten more. Not or at least more nominees because it only had five nominations and five wins. So yeah, I think Walter got- Conley oh, could have got it in. What happened? Yeah, he I just, probably would. I just realized something in this movie we have not talked about whatsoever. Shapely, the fucker on the bus. I know him when I oh, see yeah. him. Hey, <laughs> just <laughs> man, that I, I forgot about him with supporting actor. I should have mentioned him too. But now here. Here's some Oscar trivia. So we met. I mentioned it. Uh, it happened one night. Holds the record for winning all the awards in every single major category in which it was nominated for the Oscars. What are the other movies to completely sweep every single category they were nominated for? Oh God! Like, including, picture, like, including, best including best picture. Yeah. Lord of the Rings. Okay, that's <sighs> one. Fucking, uh, the, last, the last Emperor did it. Yep. You're missing one more. And uh, oh, <laughs> it's Grand Hotel. Nope. Well, that too. Oh, well, that counts. That, that counts. It was one. 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 <laughs> but you're missing one that's very recent. Oh. That won everything. It's nominated for. It wasn't Parasite because okay. I got like production design got, or something. I'll, I'll give you a hint. It got three nominations. It won three Oscars. Oh, it's Coda. Yeah, Coda. Coda. But Coda only got three. Yeah. Or, That's yeah. why a lot of people didn't think it was going to win because they're like, "How? What's that the was, path?" Three. I, I thought it got like four or five. Yeah, I, I think it was, was going to be a big leader. But That's your where I learned because right when it, Power of the Dog got twelve nominations, I was like, "Oh, it's fucking done, done and dusted, <laughs> signed and sealed." And then I was like, "Coda only got three, and then well, that didn't pan out. I do think. I mean, this is not the conversation for this, but like in the long run, I think if the movie, if the the steam picked up, like maybe. Two weeks before it did, she probably would have gotten in for director too. Maybe, yeah. yeah. But that you well, know, who would who would have? Well, that's the year. I mean, Denisville. That's the year. Got snubbed, yeah. yeah, but yeah, that would that would be so weird if Sean Hader got in, but not Denisville knew. That would be fucking crazy. I know. I'm, I'm okay with yeah. that. I mean, I'm not okay with Denisville not getting in. Not that I didn't like doing, but like if Sean Hader got in for that one, I'd be like, eh, you don't need to get in for that. And screenplay? Fine. Whatever. That's a good screenplay, but not directing. Now, the last couple here. Do you know the controversy about this Oscar for Clark Gable, Jack? Not a controversy, no. So, yeah. it is widely believed that MGM ensured their contract to star Clark Gable would re- win the Oscar in order to promote his career at the studio. So, this is actually... It does actually make sense uh, for a reason I will mention in a moment. So only three actors were nominated that year, and it was widely believed Charles Lawton would have won uh, for his performance oh, yeah. in well, The Barrett of that... Wimple Street. Um, oh, 
But I do, I do believe this because if you read the Oscar Wars book, uh, which is highly recommend this book, oh. I read it uh, last year or I, this year. I'm, I'm I'm only one chapter in right now. Oh, it's excellent. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. But the in the first chapter, it kind of talks about why the Oscars were created anyway, and basically for the studios mm-hmm. to continue their control mm-hmm. of the actors. And this cool. actually does make a lot of uh, make a lot of sense in terms of. I mean, I. Oscar bait has been since the very start, basically. But then they, to they, buy they, the Oscar. Oh, yeah. It's to control actors to be like, look, do our parts. You'll win an Oscar. You'll win a shiny award. It's basically they were treating they're like little pets. It doesn't. So. It, it is interesting, though. Like, I think if he doesn't win here, he does win for Gone with the Wind. And then that's a big yeah. and then that's a yeah. big five, because I think it did win screenplay. So the only thing it didn't win yes, in big five, it, it was actor. Uh, yeah. So this is the first film to clinch both actor and actress. This has only happened six times. All right, so six times and it didn't happen again till uh... Jack Nicholson and Louise Fletcher. Yep. Wow. Okay. Oh, Cuckoo's so... Nest. But Jack Nicholson did it twice, didn't twice. he? Because yeah. yes, he did. Gets, yes, yeah. he did. Yeah. All right. So we know we know it happened with Foster and Hopkins. We know it happened with uh, Nicholson and Hunt. We know it happened for Cuckoo's Nest. Can you do the other ones? There's the two more, I guess. Uh, they oh, are on Golden Pond. Yes, is one. I think. Yes, yeah. um, Henry Fonda uh, and Catherine Hepburn. So there are. Like a... There's two more after this. Okay. Oh, what? What? Oh man. Um. One super obvious that you guys will kick yourself for. The it, other one it, maybe oh, not. The other one wait. maybe not. Okay. I, is it? Uh, I'll give is you it, a hint. Afraid they... of Virginia Wolf. No, just Here's your hint. It takes place. Both of these are in the seventies. Seventies. Okay. Oh, Gene Hackman. Let's see. Oh, Kramer no. versus Kramer. Mm, oh, that's incorrect. Supporting. supporting. Oh wait, yeah, that's supporting. supporting. Yeah. Oh, damn it. Um, trying to think who won in the seventies. God damn it. it is. So, damn, they did a lot in the 70s. Then if yeah, Cuckoo's Nest also did oh, it. They were... Network. Yes, oh, yeah, correct. Is network. That network is one. Okay. You got uh, one the more. The obvious one? Or that was the, uh, no, that's the obvious okay. one. Yeah. Uh, okay, I was going to be proud of us. And we, we did get the obvious one. Damn it. I don't think there's a lead actress in Patton. That's... I'm trying to think of, <laughs> uh... no, I, I don't think there's a woman in Patton, honestly. <laughs> All right, I, I, I don't think you guys are going to get it. So, uh... 1978's Coming Home, John Boy and Jane Fonda. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I, I was, I I was, I was thinking of the Deer John Hunter Boy. year, and I was just like, yeah. I don't know. The, it's probably that one. But... So, and, so, and then the last one, It Happened One Night, became the first round console in Best Picture. Uh, it Since then, here are the films that have won. Actually, should I let you guys guess on this one? This is Rob not a rom- from Best Picture. This Probably is not a rom- Oh no way! This is like all right. The wait, apartment. The apartment is one. That's a romantic comedy. I know. Is no. that the one you're like? No. Okay. No. Wait till you get to the one that I'm like. No. I. If you that's the thing. Like these. This is kind of like up to interpretation. Some I. I yeah. will say like. So I'll give you this. So it's a uh, one, two, three, four, five, six more. Uh, the apartment is one of them. You can't take it with you. Is another one. I can yeah, I can see as a romantic sure. comedy. Yeah, that, that yeah, counts. Annie Hall. It's a Frank Capra. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Shakespeare in Love. <laughs> yes, yeah. I count it. I can It definitely counts. The oh. Artist. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, and finally, I don't know what fucking world this movie's a rom com. Oh no, this is like, this is how I feel about the Silence of the Lambs being a people. Sh- sh- 
Is it Shape of Water? No, it's Terms of Endearment. <laughs> There's no comedy in that movie. That movie's morbid as shit. It is pretty dark, yeah. Uh, I don't even think well, I, I guess. Lo- I guess. I guess just because it's James L. Brooks, they're like, well, that's a comedy. It's yeah. Like, well, <laughs> technically, like, not always. Sure, McLean, she's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Nicholson, he's funny in the movie at times. Well. The apartment is another. Sorry, I just thought about the big five in the apartment. It should have easily been that. Yeah, I was gonna. They missed both, both, both act. They missed yeah, both, both actors, but they won. Six. They won screenplay. I believe they won screenplay director I think they and, won the three, and they yeah. won the three. But whatever, that's another conversation. But uh, but yeah, that wraps up everything for this week. Ironically, I finish on the apartment because next week we are heading into Billy Wilder world, uh, in a rom rom com that I think we all love, mm-hmm. and Marilyn Monroe at her finest. So, Jack, are you excited for next week? Yes, very much so. Because some, uh... some like it hot <laughs> is just a fucking gem <laughs> an absolute fucking gem uh hunter is this your first time watching it this week or have you seen it no i think i i think it literally was like a couple weeks after um it happened at night they played some like it hot so it just really happens you're 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 finding all the movies to watch as a freshman which i probably should have <laughs> waited to watch a couple years later when i actually knew what i was watching dare i say jack lemon should have gone back to back but that's another that's a conversation for next week because some like a hot in the apartment were literally back-to-back years wow. Could anyone ever name his first Oscar win? Really, is the what problem. Is it? What is this? Was it like Save Mr. the Tiger? Mr. Oh, Mr. Roberts. Roberts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Supporting yeah. actor Oscar, which he has two, that right? That was also contra- he has two. Yeah. Save the Tiger was Save the other. Yeah. yeah, which is the Mr. Roberts and Save the Tiger definitely the <laughs> yeah. ones people think yeah. about when they think of Jack Lemmon. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I look at that and I think of Catherine Hepburn in the same fashion. Because like, look at all the movies in her early career. She won. Yeah. She didn't win for any of them, and some of the movies she won for was. <laughs> Not anything. Later on, she's, she was starting to hit her stride. But yeah. yeah, yeah. But all right, Jack, tell everyone where they can find you. Yeah, uh, you can find me on Letterboxd. Uh, you can just look at my name, Jack Renault. Uh, and all three of us over at the League of Cinephiles, season four is commencing here soon. We just had a meeting and it was very fun. And we have a lot of fun stuff planned up ahead. So stay tuned for that. And Hunter. Uh, you can find me at cinemadispatch.com. Uh, plenty of reviews this week. We'll have uh, Bob Marley, One Love, <laughs> Madam <laughs> Web, uh, Hot Hot, and then Dolls, which I'm at least a little bit excited for because Coen Brothers movie, there's at least some promise of something, for, or Coen Brother movie. And then we had Minnesota Film Critics Alliance announced their winners last weekend. We had our big annual meetup last or yesterday, which was really fun. And then the Critics Circle, we just had our nominations announced with their winners next week. So a lot of fun stuff going Delightful on. Delightful right list of Best Picture nominees. Seeing the Iron Claw there was my favorite of the day. Yes. I, I That was the one. I was like, we will be different than the Oscars for that one because we actually are appreciated of that movie. For sure. You can find me at the cinematic reel.com uh, on Instagram, X, Twitter. Also, my work, you see on Ron Tomatoes this week. Uh, I also will be uh, having a nice review of Madam Web. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. Seeing that tomorrow at 2 p.m. Happy Valentine's oh. Day. See, Not I even a morning, it. a 2 p.m. screening. Oh, I get to watch it Tuesday night at 8 o'clock. The movie comes out the next morning, not even 12 <laughs> hours later. I, There's I, definitely a reason for that. I, I will not they, even be seeing it in a theater. I am going to the Sony screening room. I am not even yeah. not even in a theater. This, this is the first comic movie to be screened in Minnesota for only press. And 
that's kind of a sign that they don't even want regular audience to see this movie. So I will be seeing Dune two on Tuesday at the Dolby the Dolby Room in New York. So that I that I'm go. very excited for. Yeah, can't, can't book for like. IMAX laser, whatever that is. I, I did is. see when we're all watching it, except Jack. And I definitely think when we covered 1984's Dune, at least two of us have seen Dune too. So uh, they're they're playing David Lynch's Dune a couple minutes from me in a theater, but I I, I don't want to see it because I don't know how the story ends, and I don't want to watch the inferior version of it before. <laughs> no, wa- wait wait till you watch the uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, see you next week and see you tomorrow, guys.